This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. When we talk about the goals of a customer loyalty strategy, as much as it is about earning loyalty, it is about earning loyalty among the customers who are right customers for you. Or phrased in other way, customers for whom you have the right to be a comprehensive health partner to. Customers that you're in the best position to serve comprehensively. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Duran, and today we are going to talk about customer loyalty, a term that we don't use that much, at least on the provider side of healthcare, but it's a term that we're pushing members to use more and more in a new way of focusing and connecting consumer efforts with traditional strategy work. So I have two members of our consumer innovation team here to talk more about the work they're doing with members and how we're supporting their work and focusing on customer loyalty, and that's Yelena Buaziz and Tech Vu. Thank you both both so, so much for joining. Elena. I'm going to go to you first. Customer loyalty is a little bit of a controversial term. It's a little more accepted in other industries across at least the healthcare provider landscape. It's really not the norm. Why are we pushing members to think in this new way about their growth strategy? With any new term or term that's new to an industry, there are always a lot of misconceptions out there. It's true that some of the approaches that we hear from retail is about driving volume and driving the number of transactions. That is absolutely not what we're trying to do in healthcare. In healthcare customer loyalty, and I would actually emphasize that it's really important for health systems to come to common understanding of what customer loyalty strategy is before they set out to draft a full-blown strategic plan for it. The way that we define customer loyalty in healthcare is actually not that different from what we've been doing for decades. That's the goal of keeping patients within our health system. It's just that the way that we're approaching it is different. In the past, we've been paying attention to building out this really great comprehensive systems of care. So it's been about identifying what are the right products, the right services, the right physician network strategy that would allow us to serve patients in a comprehensive fashion by creating that comprehensive customer journey or comprehensive care journey. What's different in a customer loyalty strategy is that we're taking more of a consumer-oriented mindset and we're asking, do the customers actually want to use our system of care in the way that we intended for them to use it? It's one thing to create an amazing system of care, but if we don't make it accessible to customers, if we don't take into account what they value and the way that they want to use it and can use it, then our efforts are actually going to go in vain. That's what we're seeing across a lot of health systems that we're working with is that even though they have built out pretty comprehensive services, consumers are not using them in a comprehensive fashion. Vast majority of consumers are splitting between multiple health systems. What customer loyalty strategy is going out and taking that consumer-centric mindset, looking at things through the eyes of the consumer and asking, what do you value? What is a frictionless experience to you? How do you find it convenient to use the system of care? And ultimately creating that enduring and demonstrable value proposition to the consumer for why they should be using you as their primary health partner. So it's about earning the right to provide their comprehensive comprehensive care rather than just building an opportunity for them to use us in a comprehensive fashion. Elena, why is it more important now? Is it different now? Are health systems thinking about it in a new way right now? 
It's not that it wasn't important in the past, but it's definitely more important now than ever because of how dramatically the market has changed. So in the past, health systems could rely on their clinical reputation, they could rely on their footprint to essentially get patients through their doors and fill their capacity. If you think about the way that the market has changed, one, it has become more and more difficult to differentiate in clinical reputation alone. There's this convergence of clinical services and clinical capabilities across the health system, and they're starting to look more like each other. At the same time, consumers are also becoming much more discerning. Over the last 10 years, there has been a retail revolution where consumers have gotten used to a much more seamless, frictionless experience, and they're bringing those expectations into the healthcare industry. They're expecting to be able to access healthcare very quickly. They're expecting to have an individualized experience. They're expecting to be engaged. And novel disruptors who are coming to the industry, they're actually confirming to consumers that yes, you should be expecting all of these different things. If you look on One Medical's website, for example, the first thing that they're advertising is how easy it is to use them. And I especially love their messaging around their main tagline right now is have a wonderful summer. What they're picking up on is the fact that consumers just want to enjoy their life and they don't want healthcare to get in the way. We're going to make healthcare so unnoticeable, so seamless for you that you can go ahead and enjoy your summer without worrying about how you're going to access your next doctor's appointment. That's why it's becoming so much more important for the traditional health systems to start playing the new game. Because if they don't, they're just going to lose the relationships with the consumers in their market. And we are already seeing their ability to acquire new customers, which has been their traditional main way to go after volume plummet because all of these novel disruptors or even other traditional competitors who are starting to play this game get in there and decrease their ability to continue acquiring customers and earning revenue. Yeah, I like that angle. You're saying they're competing with non-traditional healthcare players who think about customers through this customer loyalty lens. And so health systems kind of have to keep up. Tech, I feel like this isn't perfect, but there's two worlds right now of health systems. There are those with huge capacity challenges, mostly AMCs, but others as well. And then those looking for growth. Does the way a health system is thinking about customer loyalty change at all with those two aims? I'm glad you brought that up. It really doesn't change, but it's a, certainly a challenging dichotomy prevalent across all of the members and the systems and providers we're talking to. Access and capacity comes up at almost every conversation. What we're seeing, though, is very narrow and traditional approach to mitigate those capacity challenges and improve growth. Essentially, they're reactive strategies that are aimed at solely just increasing volumes and growing through volume. But what we've also seen over the past decade or so is the intent to strategically focus through a customer-centric lens. And yet loyalty seems to be one of those elusive concepts in terms of fit and focus and definition. The thing is, consumer expectations, they're evolving constantly, especially when it comes to access, convenience, and with digital integration taking a front seat in other industries. Our consumers are entering and re-entering healthcare markets with those heightened expectations, and they're being met with the friction and resistance that Elena just talked about. The disruptors and all of the customers' experiences outside of healthcare, they're all good at things that health systems and providers are struggling with. The disruptors are winning over those customers, especially those splitters. Their loyalty is up for grabs, and rightfully so. 
Our own SG2 research shows that nearly 80% of U.S. consumers want to be loyal, and yet our traditional health systems and providers are giving them a reason to leave. And then disruptors are welcoming them with open arms. The difficult challenge for health systems is they need to solve for these pain points resulting from these access friction challenges like capacity, but they need to resolve them across the entire customer care journey. So it's not enough. We've spoken to some members that immediately they'll jump to, say, a cardiology cardiology, we don't have enough providers. Our APPs are stretched to the limit. So we can't funnel more patients through primary care and get them into cardiology, but you have to address the entire care journey because it's not enough to just resolve your highest value or your highest revenue producing service line. Interventions can't be siloed in their design or localized to a specific access channel or service line. When you talk about customer loyalty in the realm of capacity and in growth, it's really much deeper and intricate to increase volume and revenue through a loyalty lens. What it does is it better enables health systems to allocate efforts and resources to get a greater return. But really, customer loyalty growth strategy, it's the right strategic fit for both providers and for consumers right now. All right. You guys are so good at talking about this at a high level, talking about kind of aggregating all the things you've heard from members. But Elena, when we used to get to work together more closely every day, you were focused on analytics every day. How do members measure customer loyalty? I've heard over and over from strategy teams. They struggle because the expectation is they're bringing consumers into the traditional planning, but they don't really have the data to do that yet. Can we measure customer loyalty? How are we doing that? It's funny that you bring that up. I do definitely still spend a lot of my time in analytics, and we've actually been working on a number of metrics that we've been developing for specifically measuring customer loyalty. And the one that we rely on more than any others is share a wallet. And the way that we use share a wallet is to look at an individual's overall spend over a longitudinal period of time. So at least three, potentially four years and allocate. So being able to attribute what proportion of that spend are they spending with me versus everybody else in that market. And so that proportion that they're spending with me becomes my share wallet. And so it's not even the average share wallet that's particularly important to keep track of. But what's important is to keep track of the number of customers, individual people who share a wallet is above a certain threshold. What's important is to grow the overall size of my loyal customer base, which means growing the number of my loyal customers. So keeping track of exactly how many customers who share a wallet, let's say is above 75%, that becomes my true north. And a lot of times, I'm sure our listeners have been hearing the term customer lifetime value. And what that's referring to is what is the total value that any individual customer brings to my organization over their entire lifetime as a customer? So we're not necessarily talking about an entire lifetime, although it could be because someone could be a customer for their lifetime. But whatever number of years they're in my geography and I have the right to serve them, how do I optimize for that overall total value of any individual customer over any individual transaction? And that actually would allow customer loyalty strategy to become a bridge between fee-for-service world and value-based care world. Because what loyalty strategy says is optimize the overall value to the customer. And if you do that, then you're actually optimizing the value that you are capturing from your customer base. It's really important that we consider folding in the metrics that Yelena just talked about, but it's also not uncommon for customer loyalty at health systems to be measured with patient satisfaction metrics, such as net promoter score, you know, NPS. That's not wrong, 
But what we believe is it's incomplete. So those satisfaction measures that patient experience is looking at day in and day out, these are attitudinal metrics. They measure perception or intention, but not customer behavior. These measures are really valuable and they're complementary to the key loyalty measures we propose. The patient satisfaction metrics, they're only a slice of the 360 degree customer view that you need to optimize your health system to acquire, retain, and develop your customers. By using these customer behavior focused metrics like ShareWall, and customer longitudinal and lifetime value, these illuminate those critical blind spots in understanding your customer choices, preferences, and decisions in your health system. Yelena and I have been in SG2 forever. Tech, you're newer and you came from the provider side. You came from a patient experience. Who at a health system is thinking this way and is how is it getting more and more connected to strategy? My honest opinion is it depends on how customer loyalty is defined at the health system level. How it's defined and how it's measured really decides who owns it. I'd actually like to propose a challenge for the listeners of the podcast. Survey your leadership teams on how they each define customer loyalty. How is customer loyalty defined and how is it measured? This is an important exercise to determine where your leaders and teams already agree and where gaps in embarking on a customer loyalty journey exist. If they're not aligned and you don't have a standardized definition of customer loyalty, it's hard to figure out who owns it. To provide the framework for health systems here at SG2, we define customer loyalty as the enduring commitment of a healthcare consumer to consistently trust, choose, and prefer a particular health system as their primary partner over time. This commitment is driven by the perceived delivery of exceptional customer value and results in increased share of wallet and overall customer lifetime value. What's really emphasized by our definition is that it's holistic and it unites several areas of healthcare, including clinical, marketing, business development, finance strategy, and customer experience. The majority of investments and focuses in customer loyalty that I've seen, that we've seen with our members, they primarily live in the marketing or customer slash patient experience areas. But without strategy included into that fold, what we often see are those sort of siloed or redundant efforts in achieving customer loyalty or how it's being defined and measured. So our belief is that strategy and the other areas that I talked about, they really need to be aligned and in lockstep in their design and approach towards achieving customer loyalty. In other industries, I've heard that they think about the cost of acquiring a new customer is a lot more than the cost of retaining an existing customer. Do we have a similar metric in healthcare? Is that all part of the way you're working on customer loyalty with health systems? Yes, and I'm laughing because that's actually somewhat of a personal pet peeve of mine, Trevor. So you're absolutely right that it is cheaper to retain a customer. It is to acquire a new customer, but there is a nuance to it. It is cheaper to retain the right customer. A lot of times what we see organizations getting into the cycle of is, okay, let's retain every single customer that we have. But the thing is that for vast majority of the customers that health systems have right now, it doesn't mean that all of those customers are right for them. Actually, what we see, a client that we recently worked with, their market share is 30%. If you look at what percentage of the consumers have they actually touched over the past three to four years, that number is staggering. And this is true for many health systems that we've been talking to. They will have touched 80 to 90% of consumers. What does that mean if you only have 30% worth of footprint? Well, it means that on average, you're providing less than 50% of care to any individual person. 
And that's not ideal for anybody. It means that the care is really fragmented. It's a sign of the fact that consumers are splitting their care between multiple health systems. And so when we talk about the goals of a customer loyalty strategy, as much as it is about earning loyalty, it is about earning loyalty among the customers who are right customers for you or phrased in other way, customers for whom you have the right to be a comprehensive health partner to customers that you're in the best position to serve comprehensively. And so going back to your original question, so is it cheaper to retain a customer than to acquire one? Absolutely, as long as we're talking about the right customers, as long as we acquired the right customers on the first place. And that is actually one of the key metrics that we measure is how many customers or what percentage of your customers are newly acquired customers on an annual basis, but also what percentage of those newly acquired customers do you lose in the first 12 months? Because that's a great metric for the quality of your new customer acquisition. Are you spending your efforts on acquiring the right customers? Because it's the ones who are sticking around with you, the ones who are actually the right ones for you and for whom you are in the best position to provide the best care and achieve the best outcomes with. In encouraging our members to adopt both this new vocab, but it's also a new mindset, especially for strategy. It's pretty daunting, right? Most of our member health systems are really big organizations, big ships to turn. Where are we suggesting teams get started? What's a first step turning that ship? It can feel like a daunting task, but at the same time, it's not something that organizations have to flip the switch and adopt overnight. It's something that is best adopted in step-by-step fashion. The first thing, and of course I'm biased because I come from the analytics background, but I truly believe this and Tech would love to hear your thoughts on this, but introducing the analytics that start getting people's attention to metrics like what is our new customer acquisition? What is our customer churn? How many of our customers are loyal to us? So what portion of our customer base do we have more than 75% of share wallet with? How are we doing on retaining our most loyal customers? If we start putting those metrics in front of the senior most leaders of the organization alongside with market share, which has for generations been the topmost metric that health systems manage to, it starts changing the language, it starts changing the narrative, and it gets the leadership team to start asking different types of questions, like, why are we acquiring fewer customers this quarter than we acquired the same quarter last year? Why weren't we able to retain 50% of the customers that we acquired over the past year? Why aren't we growing the proportion of our customers who are really loyal to us? As it starts changing the narrative, it starts getting people to pay attention to where they might be looking for opportunities to drive that customer loyalty. But another way that's really great to start introducing this concept is infusing that customer-centric approach into strategies for which we already have a standard process. A lot of times we have our member health systems come to us and say, we're working on a service line strategy or we're working on an ambulatory strategy. How do we infuse a customer-centric approach to it? 
and do it in a way that's not disruptive, but very powerful in terms of providing that additional lens and say, traditionally, the way we look at ambulatory strategies, understanding what is the opportunity for different types of ambulatory services. Let's also start asking the question about who are the types of customers that are using different ambulatory channels? So if we're looking at primary care, how effective is our primary care at acquiring customers versus, let's say, urgent care versus physical therapy? And is there a difference among our channels or our service lines in their impact on enabling us to retain those customers better? And so by introducing this customer analytics into the strategies that we're already very comfortable with and starting to provide a new lens on, oh, I see. So urging care is actually really effective at helping me acquire new customers, but I'm not retaining any of those customers. But physical therapy, for example, is actually really great at helping me keep customers in my health system for a prolonged period of time. That's just providing a different lens on what types of ambulatory services actually come up to the top as being the most strategic to invest into. And those are really good places to start. And also to keep in mind that for customer-centric or loyalty-centric strategies, it is important to be self-funding, especially in today's world with huge financial pressures. That's another reason why it's important to start in sort of these smaller places so that we can shore up that financial impact, that additional cash flow so that we can then fund it into more expansive, more transformational initiatives. Health systems certainly don't have to do everything at once. In fact, starting step-by-step is probably the best way to introduce any kind of innovation. I love what you're saying, Elena. Customer loyalty is a layer. It's another lens that you add on. You can still use your traditional metrics, your traditional strategies that you're used to, but pairing it up with that customer-centric lens and leveraging a customer-centric data-driven approach, that gives you the ability to really better understand and comprehensively understand customers and what their key loyalty drives are, the ecosystem of access channels and what's most powerful and what really drives that downstream loyalty and downstream revenue. We're all experts in healthcare. Clinically, we're experts in treating disease, but consumers, they come to us as experts in the level of service they expect and how they wanna be treated. So with that in mind, the healthcare industry is at a severe disadvantage in best anticipating and meeting their expectations because of really how insufficiently we understand customers and their behaviors across the health journey. So leveraging customer loyalty metrics and really bringing it back to that customer-centric lens is key in pairing that up with our operations metrics and everything else that we need to make the business run and work really well. Really good guys, thanks so much for sharing. It's always great to hear more about the work you're doing. And thank you for sharing your perspective with us. Look forward to having you back on the podcast again soon. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Trevor. Glad to be here. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes. And you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Visient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at visientinc.com backslash podcasts.